0: Welcome, everyone, to another exciting, exciting bolt from the blue episode. And uh, let's introduce our uh, two main men, as we always do. First of all, we've got Ray. Ray, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing blooming magic. Blooming magic. <laughs> is mixed two catchphrases up there. I'm blooming marvelous. You uh, know, I mean, we scored a couple of goals uh, yesterday. You know that that Erling Haaland. his first season at City. And you, it's always a struggle that first under Pep. Just Think what he's gonna like next scene. He can actually play football.
0: I know Ray. I'm not sure about that jacket. You look a, li- a little bit like Boise from Only Fools and Horses there <laughs> with that, with that, that collar. But anyway, <laughs> a little bit more uh sartorially elegant, perhaps, is uh Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing?
2: Well, in my me, me coat and me, uh, my double hoodie mix-up, yeah, look, look very smart, I must admit, yes. I'm doing pretty well, mate, yes. I've, uh, old, the old big lummox did it for us again yesterday. You know I've always stuck up for him, so uh, <laughs> uh, great, great stuff. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't perhaps the greatest day today on various things, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later.
0: Yeah, lads, it's hard to know which uh, 6-0 we should talk about, whether it's the under-21s, or the main team, but we'll stick with the main team and uh, and go uh, straight to the lineups. Uh, uh, Bernard, seven changes. Um, what? Well, how did you do? How did you get on this time?
2: Yeah, I must admit, I thought I did all right. I got eight. I thought that was okay considering the seven changes. Um, but what I did like about this lineup, and all right, it's Burnley. It's you know, this basically a Championship team. Sort of bottom third of the Premier League, I would say, based on what I saw yesterday, probably bottom four or five based on what I saw yesterday. So to make seven changes and actually put in a a pretty good performance, because, you know, we we made seven changes from a strong team against Leipzig, and I was quite impressed. Uh, Usually we made five, six, seven changes in other seasons under Pep. We struggled. Uh, But yesterday, after, after, say, the first 20 minutes or so where we perhaps
0: didn't get going, uh, we certainly didn't struggle at all. Well, uh, Ray, let's do a, a lightning quick run-through. We had Ortega Walker, your friend Walker, uh, Diaz Laporte, Luis uh, at left-back, Rodrigo de Bruna, Mores, Mares, Alvarez, Foden in Holland, and, of course, a whole wealth of talent on the bench. And, of course, uh, for, uh, for Burnley, there was no Harvey Barnes. So you must have breathed a sigh of relief, Ray.
1: I not really bother about Harvey Barnes. He doesn't really do that much, to be honest. I think he played for them with the time we played with them we beat them 5 0. I was watching that uh, this morning, I was watching that, just going through old stuff and uh, we spanked them that day. And uh, they got another spanking uh, yesterday. I think their fans thought they were. They, they, I mean, like, even I thought they put up a better showing uh, than they've done in the past. But I think they're. Record at the Etihad is something like we scored I think thirty four goals and they scored one something like that. Now I think he's not got a good record at Aston.
0: Well, <clears throat> let's start off uh, just just very very quickly with this lovely little uh, uh, story that was in the in the Guardian. Uh, Bernard, there was a time <clears throat> um, some years ago when Burnley came to uh, Main Road to face Man City, the final game of the First Division season, and they needed a win against us uh, to deny Wolverhampton Wanderers the title. And it was, uh, well, any ideas, Bernard? Any any Was this, any, was any this, was this
2: 1960? Yes, it was. Yes, well, uh-huh. obviously Burnley won the title, so obviously it all went well, whatever it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, uh, of course, uh, that's when they last won the, the First Division title. So uh,
0: I think it all went well, but I'm sure you'll fill us in on the details of it. Yeah, well, City finished 16th in that season and uh, uh, golden chances uh, for Dennis Law and Alan Oaks to uh, win the game. Uh, But unfortunately, they missed them and uh, Burnley uh, won. And uh, a lovely little little story. But uh, let's get uh, talking about the first 30 minutes, guys, because um, it was a little bit like um, playing five-side in a squash court. It was like um, Burnley were playing very, very well, Ray.
1: Yeah, I think... Depends how you want to look at it. it was, I think it was a bit negative. I think they were playing pretty much uh kind of it felt like a man for man approach. Um they put pressure on us so we couldn't uh, pass the ball out to our defenders really. We or we couldn't, you know, play a, a proper passing game. And it really did stifle us for 20, 30 minutes. And you know, we didn't look very good because we seemed I think we were walking walking around. And I think that is not how City play. We should be walking around. Uh, Moreno, um, he he was <laughs> lucky for places people to pass to, and you know he, he did a few long kicks, which was fine. But I think I, I noticed with him. I mean, he's a good, he's a decent shot stopper. I don't think he's let any goals in when he's certainly not in the FA Cup. But he's quite reasonable at passing the ball out. But the only thing I think he takes an extra touch. I think he he needs a little bit more time to process what he's going to do. So sometimes I'd see Edison would let the ball run across him. And then make make a pass. Or Edison's already decided where he's gonna uh, if he's gonna do a long pass, where he's gonna do it before the ball gets there. And I think Moreno does take that extra touch. And when he takes the extra touch, whoever was making the run has made the run. He's finished his run. He's run offside. And I saw that with Foden quite frustrated a couple of times because the ball didn't come. And by the time the goalie's ready to pass it offside, he's on his way. He's jogging back. So um, that that was the only. You know, frustration for me, but it, it was a stodgy, turgid kind of thirty uh, minutes. Because not much was happening, and we weren't trying to make much happen. And Burnley probably likes it. Next time round, be quite easy, won't it?
0: Yeah, Bernard, have you had much of a chance um, to make an assessment of uh, Ortega? I mean, he certainly played that hospital pass out to Lewis after a few minutes and um, gave, gave everyone like uh, heart palpitations. But um I um, mean, he obviously. He's got a wee bit of Ederson about him, as we saw later on. He can play the, the the long balls, but I think Ray was absolutely spot on with that little bit of analysis. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think Ray summed it up. He's he's very deliberate. He, you know, he's not as smooth. He's very deliberate in what he does, uh, as in a Kanji. I mean, a Kanji is a bit like that. He's a bit more deliberate with his passing and what he's doing, and he might need a little to think a little bit more. And uh, I think ortigue is exactly the same. I think he does that. I mean, it was four minutes when he paid that. Hospital pass out, if you like, to to poor old Lewis. And of course, Diaz tidied up for us. Uh, and again, on I think it was about 18 minutes I've got down here that uh, the Tino was it nicked uh, another careless pass out from Ortega. And I think that ended up with uh, Diaz sort of uh, helping out. And of course, this is it. This is it with Ortega. People are remembering the good saves, people are remembering the good stuff, which is fair enough. Fair enough. But as far as smoothness and Passing out from the back and playing out from the back. Uh, yeah, I mean Edison. Edison's got it far more in spades than Ortega. Ortega's got other assets. You know, he probably doesn't come out as recklessly as Edison does at times. He's, he's not. A, he doesn't have brain farts as often. But he, you do, do lose something. You lose that capability from the back but as we'll talk about in a minute he did sort of make up for a little bit with the build up to the first goal he's sort of was involved in that and he he does like to go long and he, he's quite successful he's not bad at going long but it's not as if you think back to that Stefan semi final was it against Liverpool uh, at Wembley with, you know season or two ago and I, if he's under press like Stefan was in that game against Liverpool, I think we'd have similar problems with Ortega. I don't think he'd be as as uh, calm, and influenced, calm and influential as, as Edison is in that situation. So, yeah, great. A good number two. A good number two, but all this crying for uh,
0: him to be number one, I, I think, uh, is, is way out of order. Well, Ray, um, obviously, Big Vince has learned a thing or two from the school of pep. So, the Burnley were... Pressing quite vigorously, but um, one aspect of it was quite interesting. Um, poor old Phil Foden got a bit of a kicking in that first uh, 20 or 30 minutes, didn't he?
1: I'm actually quite glad you said that because there was, there was a comment that the, the fans were making, uh, that I, I actually forgotten about and I was thinking about at the time because he got kicked, I think at least that I remember early on, and they were just and, and he was going down, and it was all uh, a bit unwarranted. But all the Burnley fans every time he we went in, and I just sort of wish. I wish Foden scores because that would really shut them up. Um, but, yeah, I think it was uncalled for. It was unnecessary. But, look, you've got to get at City. You've got to get at our better players. And one way is just you know, just to boot them and, you know, hope that either you, in, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know they, they wanted. Maybe you injured the player or put him off his game or make him retaliate and get, get him sent off. You know, different people were kicking. Uh, mm-hmm. and one, where it should have been a, a yellow card because he was going away from the player. It was on um, I think it went from our half into theirs and there was you no know, there was no one near him uh, and that was actually a decent opportunity in space uh no defenders and even though he's out wide he could have made good progress and obviously we've seen we saw later in the game harlan has got a good uh clip on him um he's got a good bit of pace so that was a good opportunity no yellow card I was really surprised by that and that just gives um other Burnley players a license to kick out kick out, out at city players because if the rest not giving for me a blatant yellow card, then you know you can probably get away with a little bit more before some yellow card. Probably quite a long time before. Yeah,
2: it was, only, it was only one yellow card in total, wasn't it? That was to a Burnley player later on. But John Brooks is it the referee? He's the guy who got suspended from VAR because he cocked up with the. Crystal Palace Brighton game, uh, if you, you know, when we played Arsenal, but he should have been VAR in our Arsenal game, and obviously he got took off it because he was incompetent. So, yeah, seems about the right choice uh, to put him in charge of the City game. Yeah, because absolutely incompetent. So that's par for the course.
0: Well, blues, both my guys were at the game, uh, I believe, and array um, eight thousand Burnley fans apparently, and uh, lovely Manchester weather uh, to greet them. What was the atmosphere like?
1: <laughs> atmosphere is all right. Look, you you know. I was chatting uh, to, um people outside the ground, James, who most uh, anybody who watches my channel, but James, and I spoke to Neil Mather. Neil Mather's uh, an ex-pro. He was the first manager, and he's a decent guy. So I had uh, a chatting, you know, and we know, we were chatting about fans of the way fans because we, you know, whenever fans go away from home, let's say it's City, you know, taking three thousand fans somewhere, and the other team might have fifty thousand. You always hear those three thousand fans because the way fans. You go somewhere, you're going to make a noise, you want to make yourself heard. And so, 8,000 Burnley fans, I tell you what, they made themselves heard. You know, it was mostly good natured. I don't remember hearing anything bad. I, I did see one miss, miss uh, scored now second goal, but they, they were a pretty good natured. You know, obviously, they were they did drown us out from what I, I was sitting in the Colin Bell stand, and people don't really sing there. You know, they didn't hardly anybody in the Colin Bell stand. Where around where I was did the with posner, the Poznan posner, there's a woman behind me obviously probably um, uh, a little older than me actually quite possibly a new fan and uh, so she didn't know what the posner was all about and then this younger chap told her and I thought well should I inter- interject and tell her what it's about because he just said when you know, when we're beating just turn our backs on that's not that's not really what the Poznan is so you know we as, as a fan base we did make a lot of noise I don't think Vernon might you know Vernon's more in the thick of it I think in the South stand on the in the first tier. I mean, obviously, I'm normally in the third tier, but that was just the Burnley fans, so I had to move. But I don't think we competed well with on the noise sticks until we were well ahead, and then they would make a bit of noise for a you know a few seconds. Once you get in beat four, five, and six, you know it, it does take a bit of heart out of you as an away fan.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you think, Bernard?
1: Yeah, I mean I agree with most
2: of that. It's very difficult. You imagine eight thousand City fans <coughs> any ground. In the country, it doesn't matter who it is, with we'll, we'll, we'll Batram, absolute bathroom. as far as uh, sound is concerned, uh, two or three thousand City fans is good enough to drown out 50 odd thousand usually. So, and, and with the Burnley fans, I think they sold the tickets by the Tuesday, the Wednesday of this week, so they didn't sell out quickly. So, they probably are a lot of uh, what we call tourists uh, there, obviously, Burnley fans and kids and stuff like that. Although I didn't see, see that many kids, a few, but I didn't see that many. But it's difficult for the City fans because The ground, I was. what impressed me about Arsenal the other week when we we were beating 3-1 is once that ground gets going, all right, they've only got two or three songs, but they all join in. Now, the Etihad has never done, very rarely done that on a regular basis. We get the odd games where they all join in, but it's very difficult. So when we're in the South Stand and we've got one level at this stage, you haven't got the the tiers of the South Stand going up as well, who can be a bit more vociferous. It's very difficult. We did our best uh, and I thought we'd give a good good showing of it, but... uh, you can't compete with 8,000 passionate uh, fans of any club uh, as long as they're half decent. Uh, you're going to struggle. I thought we did all right. I thought we did it, certainly as Ray said there. As the game progressed, uh, we were, the stadium was much lively. There's the old Posnum, I call it the Posnum wave now because that's how it tends to go around. Yeah. It's like stand up for the champions. You start. We start, start singing it in the south stand usually and eventually it works its way around the ground and that's what the Posnum uh, did again. So, yeah, I, I thought... Credit to the Burnley fans, but I'm not going to diss the City fans. I thought we did a pretty decent job.
0: I've got a very specific question uh, for Ray about the first goal, which came in the 32nd minute. But before I ask it uh, to Ray, just uh, give the lads a chance if they want to say anything else about that first half hour, or have we more or less said everything we want to say?
2: No, you spot on there, mate. I mean, obviously, I had folded and got fouled three times. I think as Ray's mentioned there, uh, certainly one of them, the referee just carried, played on. And we should yeah. have definitely had a foul. That was just, just before the half-hour mark where he got stood on and the referee just play on it. It's absolutely ridiculous. But we, so, but the referee, as I said, was rubbish. And that was it, really. It was a pretty dire first uh, 30 minutes as far as uh, City was concerned. They had a couple of chances that we'd sort of handed to him that fortunately they didn't
0: take. Yeah. Well, 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 Ray, here's my question about the first goal, um, which was scored by you-know-who. Um, what do you think eight or nine out of ten other normal, mortal strikers would have done instead of what Holland done?
1: When he, when he scored that first goal? Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I was quite probably level with him when he got towards the box. And I actually thought, from the angle I was tied on, that he was going to try and take, it. yeah, exactly. He was, exactly, he was, he was straining every sinew to get there, he really was. And I thought he was going to just uh drag it around the side of the keeper. And then I've only seen a, a, a replay very briefly. Then he just kind of just uh wasn't a lot of powerful shot, he just hit it under the keeper. Now, it may be the keeper thought he was going to go around him and he, he beat him in thought process, of the shot off. But there's one thing I said on my channel last night, and I've been saying it for weeks, I've been saying it since the internet, uh, since the world cup. Harlan hasn't looked confident to me when he's come back because he's missed a bundle of chances. I think it was, was it the Leeds game, Bernard. You'll remember better than me. Where yeah. he had a lot first half was awful, yeah. Turn this <laughs> You're going to have to give me a minute, guys. You're going to have to... Sorry. I'm gonna have to, it'll
0: all be a minute. Hello? Okay, Bernard, um, let's just uh, go over to you. Um, what did you think about that? Were you expecting him to try to take a touch and round the keeper?
2: Yeah, because it came onto to his right foot, didn't it? He? he came onto his right foot. But I think the keeper, I think the problem with the keeper is obviously it looked as though, as you said, he might have been trying to go round him. But I thought the key—I think the keeper was preparing for the shot to come to the keeper's left because it, it sort of came to his right foot. So I think that's what caught the keeper out. He said he was either expected to be rounded. He was ready to go down and try and obviously uh, uh, stop the ball or, or obviously push Arlen wide. And Arlen just, just delicately with his left foot, just poked it past him. I mean, it, it couldn't have gone further wide of him to say a, a foot or two. I don't think it was. I mean, I've, I have watched it back once uh, today on on replay, but it was just a little little toe poke, uh, a fantastic, a typical poacher's goal. I mean, he'd done nothing. Let's face it. I don't think Alan. I literally after twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, had to double check that it was on the pitch. I, I forgot he was playing. <laughs> Is Ireland playing because it, it was like that but hey it doesn't matter does it that's why he's paid the big bucks because when it matters that, that was just a glorious striker's goal no blame for the keeper fantastic ball from Alvarez of course and it was Ortega who, who sort of set that up originally and Haaland played uh, headed it back down to Alvarez who he pointed where he wanted it and superbly Alvarez Put it, put it to him I thought Burnley not just for this goal I thought Burnley defensively were because they like to play a little bit more higher up the pitch they did give us a little bit more room than we'd normally get so even if we weren't that pacey we seemed to get a bit more time than we'd normally do in the Premier League of course but that, that's the limitations of Burnley of what company's got to sort out but superb goal well taken and as in most of our six goals a good team goal as well
1: yeah. yeah, love... of... sorry go ahead Matt. sorry go
0: ahead Ray Go ahead, Rick. No, no,
1: what I was going to say about Haaland, but I've been saying since the World Cup, I don't think he's played with confidence. I really don't think he's been playing with confidence because he's been missing chances. He's missing a lot more chances than you'd like. That Leeds one where he had so many one-on-ones and he missed them. But when we played against Leipzig in the week, he scored five goals. And I just thought obviously even by the time he'd got three, I thought he's back. You know, he's he's taking the chances, he's taking um and he's taking them better. Um and then this game, you know, we'll talk through the chances. He took that first first goal, as Bernard said, it was so well taken. I think if you go back a month ago, he'd have hit that against, or he'd have puffed it.
2: I think the thing is, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's like anything. He'll read, he social media. He'll read what the critic, the media are saying about him. That City are haven't improved. We have said it ourselves. Not we've scored about, we scored less goals. So how have we improved? But that doesn't mean he's not as a player doing his bit. It's just obviously yes. as a team. It's affected us and it? it's bound to affect him. So he's probably read some of these reports. He's very big on social media, probably anyway. Uh, and no no wonder he's perhaps been a little bit down, but this will obviously, as Ray said, there's going to do him the world a good.
1: Yeah, it's it was. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. That, I mean, and when you get to it, his second finish, it, I think that just proves my point. He is so calm. It's so calm the way he's been. Uh, he's fantastic. He is big on social media. He's got. 4.3 million followers. And I'm just looking at, he only follows eight people. Eight, eight, <laughs> uh, accounts. Oh, go on. I've got to ask you this, Mike. Come on. I know it's a bit naughty. Okay. Eight accounts. Who does he follow on Twitter? He only follows eight accounts. His dad. Eight
0: accounts. What about his dad? Dad, I'll give you that. Um, what about no. his former... What about Dortmund? He follows Dortmund. Okay, that's good. Um, he what I, about, help you. What about he follows him
1: in German and English. That's three.
0: Okay. Um... Would he possibly follow Leeds United? Because that's nope. where he was... Nope. Nope. Well, Burnham, okay. Well, okay, Bernard, what do you reckon? Bill Foden. Nope. Any any players? Uh, Jude, any City players? Jude nope. Billingham? Nope. nope. So are they institutions and not individuals? The national uh, team. Messi. His national
2: team, of course. Nope.
0: Nope. Um, Messi?
1: Nope. i tell you what. He's one you should have got straight away.
0: Pep. Um. No. Um Kevin De Bruyne? No. Nope. He doesn't follow. Does not follow any players, he said? Um okay. 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 What about um teams from uh, his native country? Yeah, he follows one. Mulder No.
1: I'll I'll help you. He follows Brin. Uh, or Breen.
0: Right? No. Okay. I'll give yeah, you
1: follows okay. misery, Ray. Reg one. He follows Manchester City. Thought you would thought you might mention them. <laughs> I thought uh-huh. that was cover's red, absolutely, but there you go. Manchester um, United. He follows Rosalind <laughs> Ball Club, which is uh, uh environmental I guess that's where he played there. Go back in time. He follows Bundesliga in English and he follows one dead person. Probably not the best way to say it.
0: Um, Former player?
1: Uh, I'll tell you what, if this guy could play, I, I don't think. This guy was, uh, he's... Uh, he's an agent. Yeah, he's a, yeah. I mean, really right. Up. Anyway. Okay. There
0: you go. Very very been, interesting. Real
1: was big on social media.
0: <laughs> okay, well guys, uh, we already had to wait 3 minutes um before we got uh, the next one. And uh this is where uh two players who I thought were were kind of coming become were, would be very influential in the second half. Um uh De Bruyne and uh, Foden um uh, combined a little bit to uh, set this up and uh wow, another great strike burned. What do you think about number 2?
2: Yeah, I think you've described it perfectly there, mate. De Bruyne to Foden. And of course, right into that middle, uh, beautifully laid off by Foden. And probably about three defenders in and around, but they weren't getting to it. And uh, yeah, it's just he opened his body up and a nice uh, left footed back across the goal, which is what you do as a, either a head or a strike. It doesn't make a difference what it is. That's what you're taught to do as a, as a striker, an old Peacock Farrell had no chance with it. It's another superbly, uh, not, not an intricate team goal by, you know, 10, 15, 20 players being involved, but simple, simple. the rain was pouring down. And at 2-0, yeah, you sort of uh, booking your Wembley. Wembley tickets, aren't you, really?
0: What do you reckon, Ray?
1: Oh, yeah, look, um, once Phil Foden was galloping clear, uh, once again, Haaland was busting a gut to get into the box. And it was, it was a great pass from Foden. Around the defender who was sliding, trying to desperately get to anywhere near and get something on it, he couldn't. Uh, and the ball came through to Harland, who was well ahead of the other defenders, and he just kind of, kind of chipped it over the keeper into the corner. And as I said earlier, it was just a wonderfully taken goal. It was just beautiful, calm, collected, composed, um, confident. I can't think of any other alliterations we'd see. Come on, Mike, help me out. Um, <laughs> Cocky. Cocky, cocky, uh, yes. But, but look, it was it was a brilliantly worked goal. Uh, you know, give uh Foden and and Harlan but credit for what they did. You know, and then obviously they 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 celebrated with each other a bit of a bromance at Foden and uh, and Harland, it's like a chihuahua with a uh, Saint Bernard, isn't it? <laughs> can you imagine them two making love? Anyway, uh, <laughs> can you imagine if that makes the idea? <laughs> I won't sleep tonight now thinking about that. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, Bernard, um, uh, Ray mentioned, I, I think actually I think it was you who mentioned earlier Mr Peacock Farrell, who was the um, the, the goalkeeper, but he wasn't the expected goalkeeper. Uh, do you know who was expected to be in goal for this game? I'm going to clue. Go on, Ray. <laughs> you
1: expect me to get it? You oh, sorry, I thought you I thought, I thought you said
0: you knew
2: it was. Well, sorry, mate. Errol Muric. Murich. 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 Oh, Murich. Oh, of course, yeah. I've never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, whatever happened to that guy, guys? I mean he he's a giant. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> he went to well, no, he was on the body.
2: He's he probably on the bench and uh, just check the team now. I didn't even notice
1: yeah, he was what he happened? was on the bench. But I know uh what happened yeah. to Vera Murich, I'll tell you what happened. He grew an extra finger on the play for Burnley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think That's he did a prerequisite. He 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 got a very bad red card, actually. I think he, he headbutted someone when he was out on loan before he went to Burnley. And um, his reputation took a bit of a dive, but um, apart from that, <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to this.
2: I was looking this Teller guy actually, because obviously he's been scoring goals for fun, hasn't he? Apparently, and well, scored a hat street last week, but uh, I don't. I didn't really notice him that much.
1: Are you, Mike, are you talking about the red card uh, Muric got in his younger days?
0: Um, I, I I I thought it was when he when he left City.
1: Oh no, he he got one in his uh, in his uh, younger days. And it was a beauty. It, it just head this guy, who was, I'm sure, much shorter than him. He just put his head in there, mm-hmm. put his nut in there, just knocked him down. Da- knocked him down. And it was, <laughs> it was, you know, we shouldn't laugh, but it was corker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, he got, he's marching on, and I don't think he's got a red card at Burnley. I'm now, um, because I've watched him play. Uh, obviously, I've, I've been interested in him because when he was at City, I thought he looked. He looked like he could, obviously he's about six foot nine. He's very very tall. What it's almost tall. One ninety eight, um, and he's got an interesting backstory. Which is, so I was you know really quite interested in him because he, he was born in. He represented Kosovo. Uh, one of his parents from Albania. There's, there's a lot going on in his background, and he went on loan. I remember he went out to NAC Breda on loan, and uh, he played one. He was sent out for a season. He played one game. They won three nil. Um tell you what, it's going back a bit back. That was in 2018, um against the Grassha. And um then Bravo got an injury and Aero Murich had to come back to Manchester and uh, NEC Brader got re- I think they got relegated because you know he was a big st- gonna be a big player for them, mm. cost them a lot of trouble. Um and then he three days later was on the, the bench at a Premier League game. So you know I thought he could do something, I thought he could get somewhere. Then he went to Nottingham Forest on an, another season long loan. And I think he fluffed up very early on. Um, yeah, he lost and, his confidence. I
2: uh, didn't see very yeah, early. he
1: Lost everything. And it, but the thing is, not just lost his confidence; he lost his uh, place in the side, and yeah. that's it. And then they very quickly they put um, they had a, another key, Samba, Bryce Samba, and he ended up being the number one. And in the end, Mürich played four games on loan. Then he went on loan to Girona, two games. Then he went to back to Holland, Willem. Second team, Willem played fourteen. Then he went to team I never heard of Adana Demis on loan I guess there in and then Burnley come to Burnley uh, and he's played 35 times for them so he's done uh, really well actually yeah when I talked about his international thing he played for Montenegro's 21s then Kosovo once up so he's been all he's been all over the place um, you know and I, I really as I said when I saw him play I thought he could go somewhere but that as soon as he lost his confidence that hurt him badly and I, I did watch him. Play for Burnley against Watford, I think, where he made a cock up and uh, it was Watford and they scored. And so, you know, I've probably seen him make more mistakes than uh, good saves, uh, poor old Aaron Murch. But as I said, I wanted to see him, it would have been nice to see him play. I don't I wasn't sure whether he could play against City or not. Loaned um, him out. I, I, have we loaned him or have we sold him, Bernard? Do you know?
2: Well, he could have played. So I think we sold him, haven't we? Didn't we sell yeah, him? Yeah, we have. I'm, just, I'm yeah. just
1: checking. We sold
2: him. Yeah, yeah, he, um, he could have played. Yes, he was on the subs bench yesterday.
0: I don't think he's been City's tallest ever goalkeeper. I think that was a, a lad that played for us um, five or six years ago. Do you remember this giant that we had? Um, uh, uh, this was uh, in the era before Bravo and Ederson. I think.
1: Who's that?
0: I'm trying to. I'm trying. To, uh, that's what I'm asking you. I'm trying to think. He's a, it was a, a decent penalty stopper. He was the number two. Uh, I think it was. It was Costal before Pantinimon. Ederson.
1: Costel. Sorry, Costal that's Pantinimon. the one. He, he was tall. I didn't think he was 6'9". Oh, no, no. He was he, was he was, giant. 6'8". He's six, 2 metres meters, 3 centimetres, which is a full 2 inches taller than Aero Muric. And I tell you what, every inch matters.
0: There you go. <laughs> All right, lads. Um, well, moving into the second half, apparently it became a bit of a downpour. And um, that first 10 minutes, um, you know, was basically capped off. With um, uh, Erling Holland, you know, guys, uh, breaking news: failing to convert a chance on 56, had a great chance though. What do you think, Bernard?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Mara's missed a cracking chance before that, didn't he? he shouldn't he should have really scored? He he sort of found the keeper. The keeper made an okay say, but he shouldn't have even had that option really after that brilliant, brilliant, and it was brilliant Walker volley. On the wing, if you 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 know, that was a superb volley from Walker. I mean, we don't usually, know, uh, brilliant and Walker sometimes not often using the same sentence on a, on an attacking mode, but uh, it was fantastic. And Mara's really should have put it in the net. That would have been a cracking assist for Walker. So I felt a bit sorry for him. That was fifty-four minutes, and as you say, that fifty-six minutes. Haaland does everything right, puts the defender on his on his arse, didn't he put put him down? Mm-hmm. And it was a good shot. Uh, that Peacock Farrell, I'll tell you what, uh Mil- 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 is their main number one, but he did make some pretty good saves, Peacock Farrell. I'm not, I'm not gonna particularly blame him uh, for any of the goals. I thought he's a good he's a good number two. He's definitely a good number two, and he played he made another good save from from denying Haaland at that stage on 56 minutes a third, but well, obviously he didn't mm-hmm. have to wait long.
0: Ray, three minutes later, of course. Um uh, and uh, Haaland gets the uh, the hat trick and that is now uh, 42 goals in 38 games 37 and um, yeah and um, this was this was all about Phil Foden really although ha- ha- Haaland was the beneficiary what yes. do you think of this one ray
1: I think we were if i remember correctly we were breaking and near the edge of the box can't remember, who was it KDB I can't remember now but um... I think
2: it was it was it was a, a good build up again i think I'm Alvarez involved KDB. KDB. as well Alvarez involved KDB
1: yeah, so they roll it to to, to Fordan um out wide on the well, not not so wide because he getting into the box on the left, and uh, he had a really good shot. I thought from where I was, uh, the keeper just got a touch, but he, he didn't on replays. And Foden, it just slammed against the post. And mm. yeah, see, so, yeah, this is the thing with Haaland. Haaland, it's a fifty-fifty thing, and as I think Gary Lineker said, he he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. You know, the uh, the defender was trying to get back, and in doing so, he was closer to the ball. But it hit the post and bounced out, and so the defender had gone past it. And Haaland's just there waiting, and he slams it home. And he—he he just, as I said, he seems to be in the right place at the right time. He gambles more—I think more often than not—he gambles correctly. And I think Michael Richards asking Gary Lineker if he can learn this, and and I think Gary Lineker said on the on the BBC that you can learn it up to a point, but Harlan's instinctive. It's like he's—you know—he's not working at this. He's just. It's the way his brain is wired that he's always in that right place for these tappings. He scores a lot of tappings, and people have a go at him. You know, midweek, he scored at least three tappings, and opposition fans are making fun of him. But it, the fact is, he's he's getting into the right position. You know, if he'd gone in on that shot, thinking the goalkeeper will save it and parry it out, he would have gone in closer to the goal and he would hit the post and it bounced out, he would have missed it. So you know, maybe he's taken a 50 gamble and he's in and once again, he's got it right and he's ended up mm-hmm. with it and uh, the uh, match ball to, to, to sit to bed with him.
0: Uh, Burned a few more like this, and he, he might be as good as uh, Ian Rush. He's
2: better than a lot, mate. My big lummox, I'm I'm proud of him. I mean, that's all he needs. He might not follow me on Twitter, but I'm sure he knows I call him his big lummox, and I think that's inspired him. I think that's inspired him to greater (laughs) height and things like that. But, hey, the world's his oyster. The world's world's his lobster, as you say, isn't it? At this stage in in his career, of course it is. it is. He's playing for one of the greatest, biggest clubs in the world, no matter what anyone says. And with the greatest, one of the greatest fan bases in the world. And, and he's loving it. And why not? He's a City fan. So, I mean, we'd, we'd, we would have killed to be in his position, wouldn't we? And he's got the talent to go with it. That's the thing. We'd all love to play and get there. And we've had plenty of City fans play for City over the years. Let's be honest about it. But this guy's taking things to a to a new level. He probably sort off in the summer to Real Madrid. But, hey, at this point in time, the world is his lobster. And uh, let, let's all Don't enjoy Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's,
2: well, he's not going
0: uh, well, uh, listen, guys, it was a little bit like the first half, like, like London buses, goals coming uh, like two at a time. Very, what was it, four minutes later, uh, number four. This one was Alvarez and this is where Kevin De Bruyne uh, is beginning to really begin to influence the game, I thought.
1: Yeah, KDB had a fantastic a, a man. I'm going to let Bernard go through, the, uh, describe this guy, but I just want to talk a little bit about KDB and his influence on the game. He had one of those performances that you think, wow, this guy is just incredible. I want to talk about. That. I'm saving myself for that because I thought he was awesome for that one. But he had that. I wouldn't say defining influence because I think we were better. But he had such an influence on the game. You know, he was at the heart of, every, of so much. And at the end of the game, he looked. He looked pretty knackered, but he'd worked so hard. Same against Leipzig when he scored that goal right at the death. He looked out on his feet, but he'd given so much. And and, and against Burnley. You know, he made so, so much happen. We had, I think we had a, a fair few pretty good performances uh, against Leipzig, uh, you know, Alvarez, and Haaland, and KDB for a start. But oh. he, you just got to hope that the international break doesn't. Take away some of our momentum because you know we scored a ton of goals. We've had us like, five clean sheets on the bounce. Suddenly KDB's uh, looks like he's at it. Foden's been at it recently. You know, Grealish has been decent, and everybody's you know Haaland's banging him in. Everybody's suddenly at the business end of the season. It, we've we've stepped up another couple of gears. Yeah, like, I mean I
2: said on my thing. I said you got Diaz, KDB, Foden, and Ireland, and all the other guys are feeding off them. You know that that quality that they're showing. All the the rest of the team and. I said this is the worst time for an international break we could have because we're looking really up for it. And as I say, even even the players, you know, who've, five or six games ago, we were worrying. We were a little bit worried about what's going to happen. But finally, these players are all putting it together. Let's just hope we all come back from the break and we can carry it on. But obviously, we've got a big game when we come back, haven't we? But uh, yeah, it's fantastic as Ray said. There uh, for me, uh, KDB. I mean. He's not now. We admit he's got to. We've got to admit he's past probably past what should be called his prime. But I'll tell you what, physically and work-wise, I don't. I, I very rarely see him seeing him work as hard as he as this season, when when it's not been coming quite right for him. Uh, I think his work ethic is, is tremendous at the moment. I'm really chuffed, and he's staying fit, which is even more important. Can you describe mm-hmm. that
1: Alvarez goes gold birded.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was Mares sent De Bruyne down the right, he entered the box and he drops his little shoulder, a guy called Martsen, isn't it? I found out, uh, and he just simply rolls it across. I mean, Alvarez, if you talk about Ireland being the right place at the right time, Alvarez isn't bad at it, you know. He's, he's quite good at being in the right place at the right time as well. He, he might be useful in the future, this young lad, I don't know where he's come from, this Alvarez guy, but uh, a simple tapping, uh, All right, it might not be simple for some players we've had in the past but as far as Alvarez is concerned and he kept it low which I was happy about I mean we'll talk about one after that he, he didn't uh, but he went in but he does tend to like to blast him into the roof of the net but he didn't mess about with this one it was just basically a, a simple tapping. again a good team build up for this another another goal that started probably on the halfway line I think Alvarez was involved at the start of the move as well and was there to yep. finish it off. finish it off so it was fantastic
0: it was the the little drop of the shoulder thing i think there's a little bit of a competition going on between him and alvarez about that particular skill um but anyway um as you would expect uh pep began to ring the changes and uh, uh holland came off there were two actually two double substitutions and uh, so uh uh, Holland is did, replaced. Did you,
2: by- you, did you enjoy his little quip about he didn't Messi about the hat trick in the FA Cup. I thought that was quite funny. Did you I, I'm, not sure I, I, I'm not yeah,
0: sure. I'm not sure I caught that. What was that one?
2: Yeah, he commented about uh, he took him off because obviously he didn't want to beat Messi's record of uh, three goals in the FA Cup. So uh, no. obviously, he was <laughs> having a go at. The other night, but uh, yeah. I still I still stand by what we said the other night as far as I think, what he should have done. But hey, there
1: you go, yeah. People had a, some people had a, 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 on media, social media, or, or in the press had a bit of a pop at Pep and said he was protecting Messi's record. I think that's mm. what obviously it was about. He's been protecting Messi's record in the Champions League because Haaland had half an hour to beat, uh, get another goal and beat Messi's record. And then Pep said uh, that's why he took in the FA Cup to protect Messi's record. Messi hasn't <laughs> Very, very sarcastic, And um, but also besides being sarcastic, you know, what plonker people are in the media. Bernard accepted. <laughs> it's called Pep Pe- Pe- Plonker for dragging and off. Um, but I- I'm with Pep. I'm with Pep on this. Um, I, was I was with Pep, Pep on
2: this one. I, was, I will never ever be with Pep on the on the other one. I think we we've, <laughs> we we've talked it to death. Of course, we decided that he should have left him on at least to the 70th or seventy fifth minute. But hey, there you go. It's gone. It's should just have just
1: said to Harlan, you got ten more minutes uh, on yeah. Against yeah. that against yeah. that. Yeah. 10 minutes then I'm pulling you
2: off fully and understand then, as a manager why he did it but he should have had a, a consideration for history as well but I'm a Peps Peps a manager that's what he pays he's not paid as a historian I'm a historian so I would have loved to have seen it but hey there you go uh, really well, but, opportunity then, don't worry yeah, well, let's well, see yeah hopefully I, so yeah
0: let's see if I can get this right so Holland is replaced by Palmer and then uh uh, Diaz comes off and is replaced by Akanji. Akanji must be thinking he's got a chance of maybe scoring a goal now that Holland's off. <laughs> um, did, you
2: see, and... did you see that video of, him, of uh, John yeah. Stones
0: laughing at yeah.
2: him? That was so funny. That was absolutely <laughs>
0: hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's schadenfreude uh, definition for you guys. Uh, that's uh, this, uh, John Stones laughing at Akanji's frustration. It was very, very funny. <laughs> and then... Um, a Couple of minutes later, then another du- a double change. This is um Rico Lewis and Rodri coming off, uh, Sergio Gomez and uh, Phillips coming on. Mm. So you would you you're kind of thinking, all right, well that's it. City have declared mm-hmm. now. You know they've won by by an innings in in, in cricket terms. But um, it's quite funny actually because um uh, I think Palmer had only been on the field four minutes before we got uh, number five, Bernard. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, and it was also Phillips who was part and parcel of the build-up to it as well. Phillips and De Bruyne, a nice little combined sweetling on the left-hand side. And uh, De Bruyne found Foden again, burst into the box. That's was going Burnley were, I don't know, they're naive. I thought they were very naive defensively yesterday. And even at 4-0, you know, you you try and keep things a little bit tight and not to get spanked and embarrassed, but... I just thought Burnley were perfect for us. Burnley as a team, yes, they were perfect for the how we, how we played it yesterday. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we were uh, very pacey. We were just very well organised and plenty of room for our lads to move into. And, of course, uh, Foden got into the box uh, and the cross was parried by Peacock Farrell again. Uh, yeah, perhaps, I don't know if he could have done better. He had to get an hand on it. And, of course, it dropped nicely to Palmer. And it's great to see Palmer, isn't it, guys? Great to see Palmer. Getting on and getting a goal, and he took it well. I'm—I don't say he celebrated uh, that excitedly, but uh, it was nice for him
1: to get a goal anyway. I think uh, Bernard, if I, I remember correctly, last season he doesn't have a—you know—a a, a lavish celebration. I don't no. remember him celebrating that much when he scored last season, but also. You know he's not played this. Season. I yeah. feel really sorry for him. He, he must said. be
2: frustrated. I mean that's why that's why I'm just saying. I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit toned yeah. down because of the situation rather than anything else. I mean yeah. normally you'd be running around the ground, wouldn't you? But it's been a not a, a great rude. season for him, has it? So i, no. I, I do not blame him one I I Yeah, look. Yeah, he
1: mean, said we were winning five said- nil as well by that point. So you yeah. know what's it to celebrate? All, and if you go around ru- charging around this. If you take Mike's criticing analogy, if you ever watched Imran Tahir, as that. When he takes a wicket. He just uh, even now he's forty-one. He still charges halfway through uh, <laughs> so the boundary. Just uh, you know, it's all about personal glory for him. So if Paul Palmer starts running around doing some sort of thing, you know, it's personal glory. It just seems to be, I think subdued. You know, as Bernard said, his season's brilliant. The tapping goal, it's not rifle one in from thirty yards. Uh, and- ah. What's that? Well,
2: it's it's improved his stats anyway. His stats were pretty awful before yesterday. At least as it proved his shots on target, it was awful. Yeah. I think it was like seventeen percent, something really bad of getting any shot on a target when he's had one. So at least it put that up a little bit, anyway.
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, it's uh, that was an interesting little exchange there. I was just thinking as we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, goal celebrations. Uh, guys, if uh, you want to go on YouTube, some of the younger uh, followers go on YouTube and watch Colin Bell celebrations. It's really, it's really, really. It's it's almost like he hasn't done anything. Um, he just goes running back and a and a, and a very gentlemanly handshake. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Compare that to um, Mick
1: Shannon. Compare that to
0: Mick. Shannon. <laughs> compare that to the wind the windmill uh, of Mick Shannon. Check that one out, younger guys as well. The Doesn't Mick go Shannon go a podcast. Is
1: it? <laughs> I'm doing it, guys. <laughs>
0: Yeah Bernard's right. Doing,
1: Bernard's there with his hand actions. Uh, Mor- <laughs> I said you want more. I will pull something now. Well, you pulled something. It's more akin to Carl <laughs> Walker than uh, Mick Shannon.
0: Uh, Bernard's hands. <laughs> yeah, guys. Well, um, old Calvin Phillips, he, um sent a sent a belter over the bar, uh, not long after that. So um, maybe he's gonna, you know, come into, uh, Pep's um, uh, calculations a little bit more. But again, it was only five minutes. Five minutes later. Um, for a number six this is Alvarez Um, Ray you wanted to talk about this oh, one I think
1: well, I wanted to talk about the KDB pass and the way it, the ball was in his feet and he delayed the pass now Alvarez was already sprinting away on the outside of the defender and for all love or money I thought KDB is going to roll it into the path of Alvarez and the, the defender was already um turned around he's ready to go with him now, uh, in the first half, I think Alvarez had tried to take somebody or had the ball passed to him. He tried to beat someone for pace. He didn't have a pace to beat that defender. I, I'm not sure if it could be the same one because he was on on the left end now. So um, it might be the same guy. But be that as it may, oh, Al Dakil, Al Dakil or something he was called. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't I hardly know any of the Burnley players. I'm afraid I'm not as. It's called mind. research, mate.
2: It's called research. I just I checked just saying, who it was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's called, I've got a life, man. I've got, I've got
2: things to do. Uh, oh,
1: that's harsh. That's very harsh, that is. But you're right. You're absolutely spot on, mate. Yeah, but but the thing is, so I thought, for you know, KDB is going to roll it into the path of uh, Alvarez, who's already on the, on the charge, on the outside of the defender. And what KDB did was he delayed the pass, just a fraction, and then he put a peach of a pass on the inside of the defender. And I think that that actually made the defenders work much, much better, And it gave Alvarez that extra half yard. And it's, I thought about it yesterday, and I thought, it's kind of what used to do. And you know, I used to see Leroy Sane bombing it down the wing, and no one's ever going to catch Sane. But David Silva <sighs> would delay that pass, and he wouldn't necessarily put it on the outside of the defender. And he'd just wait till that defender has to start to commit to what, to come to David. And then he put it on the inside. And by that stage, you know, Leroy Sane was already thinking, what, well, throwing his hands up, you're not past me," But he passes in such a way, that he takes the defender out of the equation and it's just the, the uh, you know, the attacker and the goalkeeper. Um, uh, and that was one of the things David Silva used to do. And he used to, you know, um, just brilliant. And then Leroy could across it in. David Silva will get the pre-assist no one talks about. And It's David Silva's ball that ma- makes the goal. It's same with KDP. The quality of the pass, you know, under his feet, he just delayed it that fraction to get it on the inside of the defender. And that, I think, gave Alvarez that half a yard. So the defender has to bust his gut just to get near Alvarez. And as he's getting there, Alvarez chop the uh, pass on the inside of his foot. So, you know, describe it. It's a bit, you see what uh, the, the the fake Ronaldo, the second one, what he does. Ronaldo 9, he's the original. The fake one, he does that chop where he, has, he might not have the pace to beat somebody on the outside. And he just chops it back like, just behind him. Uh, and the defender, in this case, he ended up on the floor doing a backwards uh, backward roll on the floor. That was quite funny. And then um, Alvarez, uh, he didn't calmly slot it. He slapped it past the keeper. Keeper had no chance, and he hit it into the roof of the net. Do you like it in the roof of the net, Bernard? Absolutely. Well, that's that's, that's his uh, that's his calling card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a
2: great
0: goal. It was, an, uh it was a beautiful little jink uh, there by um, but Alvarez um, to set up that strike. And he, I, I think, I, I, was, I think he nearly got a hat trick, didn't he, Bernard? He, there was a rebound came to him, wasn't there? I mm, can't remember that one. Remember yeah, right. I think this was uh, two two minutes later, and this is um um the goalkeeper Peacock Farrell uh, knocked the ball out at it, it, and um it, 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 Alvarez blocked it, and it and it went straight oh, back uh, ricoch-
2: the other way. off him, didn't it, and went wide. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was not 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 that far out. So um, yeah, it, it seemed to
2: go well. I mean, from where I my perspective, it seemed to get, be nearer the corner flag than the goal. But I, I don't, I didn't get another look at it. <laughs> so, uh huh.
0: Okay. Well, that was the that that goal happened. I think in the was it the seventy third yeah. minute yeah. for for six nil. Anything particularly memorable, um, Ray? Right after that,
1: um, I think Burnley had a. A chance where I think the guy should have got it on tag. He, he cross came in and supposed. You know, we, I think we. That was your mate,
2: wasn't it? That was Mister Barnes, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I think we made a few mistakes. You know, I think you know, when Burnley had the opportunity, it came from some a bit of sloppiness from City. I don't like this tippy tappy. I really don't like some some of the tippy tappy. Really frustrates me um, because there were there were times when um, he was just uh, um, Moreno was just standing there. And that was it. It was just standing there with no one to pass to, not many runs being made. Um, you know, do someone do something. Um, and then you end up with these sometimes not well thought out passes. And I think a couple of times we give the ball away to Burnley um, fairly cheaply. I think there's another attack they had where. I don't know where Walker was, and the, the Walker had gone up the pitch, and well behind him, and there's a guy standing on the um, near the halfway line, just speeding away. But generally, I don't think Burnley offered that much threat. They didn't offer a threat of their mostly of their own making. They had a threat where we made mistakes, um, mm-hmm. and I think you know, as I said earlier, one good thing for me, we had another. Clean sheet with different defenders. We had Laporte there. I think he made a couple in the first half that I remember. Maybe it's just looking out for them. I've criticised him, so maybe I'm just getting old, little error. But we had different defenders there, so we had L- Laporte and Diaz to start, and then we saw, you know, Rico Lewis on the left, Walker on the right, you know, and we changed it around, and we still kept it cheap So I was quite well, pleased. Did you, did you like Rico's new hairstyle? I, I couldn't recognise him for a while. <laughs> Wasn't paying attention, mate. You know, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not. I don't look that closely. And in defence
2: of Laporte, I thought, considering what's happened with Laporte, I thought he, he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not say <laughs> Just a little stat, guys, on Ireland. I've not seen it anywhere else. I've seen it on a BBC stat that he's the first player to score hat tricks in the top flight, the FA Cup, and the European Cup, Champions League, in the same season. Since you remember this guy, since Liverpool's John John Walk in 1984, eighty five. He was a handsome guy. I wanted John Walk.
1: Johnny
0: Walk. Yeah, <laughs> looked like a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mike,
1: how many hat tricks has Alan scored this season? Then
0: uh, uh, this season, um well, he scored two this week, so six, I think.
1: Well, can you name the clubs he scored the hat tricks against?
0: Okay, Bernard, that's for you.
1: Bernard, I'm asking <laughs> you, Mike. Yeah, you. <laughs> you, you, you come, get on this come on, get the two from this week Have a guess
0: Well, we've we, we've got uh, this one We've got uh, Leipzig Yeah There's two Is that it? Uh, I
1: haven't got the answer in front of me Bernadette. Bernard knows them all So I'm going to
0: guess a, Give us a
2: minute or two I know them all, don't worry Man
0: United Man United oh, Palace. Palace. Palace
1: Forest Forest yep. One more and One more Come on, think on come. come on, guys
0: um, come on, uh, oh gosh, no. Come on, Mike. Wolves. Oop. Wolverhampton. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He
1: goes, he says he you know he wants he likes the feel of the boss to sleep with the ball after the game. He's gonna have to get himself
2: a <laughs> the way he's going. Well don't do don't do my quiz tomorrow now because that's one of the that's one of the questions, you buggers. What's gonna <laughs> <to happen? laughs>
0: All right. Well, listen, guys, um, let's talk about what's next up for City in this competition. And I think um, a certain grandson of Mike Doyle and Glenn Pardo might have had something to do with it, um, Bernard.
2: Yeah, um, interesting, isn't it? I mean, Tommy Doyle and McAtee officially can't play. I mean, obviously, there's a, a few few people saying perhaps we should give special dispensation. I'm not sure what you guys think. I'm a, I'm a bit. I just want to get through to an FA Cup final. I'm not really um, want to do anyone any favours, but a cracking goal by Tommy Doyle, of course, in the last minute was it of the of the quarter final? Yeah. Win. Uh, and uh, personally, yeah, I would, I would perhaps love him to play against. So I think we can still beat him uh, quite easily if we play our game. So, why not? I mean, obviously, for someone like Tommy Doyle to play at Wembley against uh, City, especially his, his parent club, uh, it'd be fantastic, of course. It was, I mean, he's always got a chance of getting through to a final, mind you, even if he doesn't play,
1: of course. But, uh, yeah, yeah but he'll interesting, be there at really Wembley, he'll be there with, with, the, with the team. Um, it was but, a spanking so that, goal. But, spanking, I think the goalie could have saved, done better. He goes, yeah, he, he got a
0: good
2: hand, hand on it, he just didn't do anything with it, did he? Yeah, yeah.
0: So that's it, City against Sheffield United in the FA Cup semi final. Who's in the other semi final, Ray?
1: Uh, Brighton and <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>.
0: Cheating,
1: <laughs> cheats, man. United cheats, cheats a lot of them. That's all I say. No, no. I mean, come on. Right. Um, um, Fulham had uh, Mitrovic sent off. All right. Fair enough. If you can't get away with that. But Bruno Fernandes, everybody's saying he got away with watching the linesman. You know, where's the consistency? So, he got sent off. So, Mitrovic, they had another player sent off. And then the manager got sent off. So, you know, it was um, terrible. Weren't they winning, Bernard? I I remember Stefan Balson said... um, United will win it. Yeah, they're winning 1-0. winning one 0 they not even
2: 1-0, weren't they? What's uh,
1: Fulham had scored? Wins. He said, he, 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 I only saw this afterwards, he said it'll be 2-1 or 3-1 to United. Well, we, they
2: United. do it. They've got a history of it, mate. I mean, no one's ever surprised. There's a big bit stick on Twitter this Chelsea fan had said, uh, you know, we're laughing at him. I mean, the amount of stick he's got after that is unbelievable, obviously. I don't know any Chelsea fan can give anyone stick at the moment, I'm not too sure. But, uh, you know, it's just inevitable. Um, you know, and the only team that's going to beat United they're us, so we're going to have to sort it out, aren't we? But well, no, no, no.
1: no. I'm, I'm I'm banking on Brighton.
2: Yeah, banking yeah. Personally, very, very. I mean, Harry the Haddock's now out of the FA Cup, so we we'll, we we'll have no we we'll have no inflatables knocking around. So that'll be very upsetting for Ray, especially because he he likes the inflatables. So there'll I be none of
1: that. that. <laughs> no, no. Since you mention it, I think someone someone behind me got bored in the Colin Bell stand, and they had this. They blew up a condom. <laughs> as a balloon, and they just threw it out, and people were just passing it and tapping it around. Uh, yeah, but...
2: we can we can hope that Brighton a good team, Brighton, but as I say, you know what United are like, they're just so flipping jammy. I mean, I'm being kind, I'm not swearing, they're just a jammy team, and they've, they've been like that for a long time. So, you know, uh, you always expect them, even if the two goals down to turn it round, uh, but we'll see.
0: Well, uh United weren't quite so uh, jammy against uh, City's under-21s, Bernard.
2: <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, does it, it do not count for much, mate, does it? Let's be honest about it. Uh, we can stuff them 6-0, then they might beat us next year, 1-0 or something. It's just it is what it is, isn't it? But it's, it's, it's nice to spank them at any level. I've got to say oh, right. we've looked. Come on, Bernard. I'll, 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 they, you brought, know run, they brought Tom Huddleston on, didn't he? oh, they? He's about point, 46. 96. He's about 46 years well, old. They brought I him on didn't. to sort of try and shore up the defence at 4-0 like, or 3-0. That, that did work, didn't work, did
1: it? That was that was the only point I was going to make about this game. <laughs> <laughs> they were 3-0 down. They brought Tom Huddleston on. He's 36. This is under 23s. You okay, are allowed to bring, I think, two uh, older players. And We should have brought Bunny
2: on. We should have put Bunny on or something like brought. that.
1: They actually put they put ten players behind the behind the ball. They wanted you know for damage limitation, and we, they got beat six 0 six So uh, is is uh, quite fun. United
0: are rubbish. They are indeed, and I think that's a good point to finish off with, guys. As we hit the uh, the hour mark, um, thank you very much for listening. It's been enormous fun as it always is. Let's have some final thoughts to the guests uh, that we've had on. Uh, well, they're no longer guests, guys. These are these are the main men. You've been listening to. To Ray, Ray, final thoughts?
1: Final thoughts? Look, City are, are back. City are back if we've ever been away. We've always been the best performance of the season, but we've seen in recent times, I said it was a momentous week that, you know, this w- last week could have seen us out of three competitions. You, know, you might say, nah, come on. But, you know, we'd, we'd got beat by Palace uh, or dropped points against Palace, and then we had the Leipzig game. Even though you'd say, yes, we had expected to win them all, the way City have been playing so far this season, you might think you are know, dropping a clanger dropping a, a somewhere along the line. But I think pretty much, you know, we, we, we worked hard against Palace to get that win and we spanked uh, Leipzig and Burnley. So just when it all looks good, we've got the international break and I'm just hoping it's, it's essential that we come back uh, firing uh, on all cylinders after they play Liverpool in Manchester. Uh, from now on, e- almost every game is a must.
0: And final thoughts for uh, Bernard.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm a bit the only
2: downer on it is eight points behind Arsenal now. I know we've got a game in hand, but it doesn't look it's not it doesn't look nice. So that's the only little bit of a down. It's still I didn't expect Palace to do anything today, but it's still seeing that eight point gap for a couple of weeks will be a little bit depressing. A little bit depressing, but but of course, we've got a trip to Wembley to play, play Sheffield United. We should be capable. And of course, we've not mentioned it. We've got a certain German team uh, to put out of the Champions League before we put those Spanish buggers out in the semi-final stage, get them back. So <laughs> it's, all, it's all looking pretty rosy. I say, apart from, yeah, the, the top of the table could look a little bit better, but we've plenty to play for. And as Ray said, let's hope we come back from the international break and we carry on where we, where we finished.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, I think we'll just leave it there. Uh, Guys, uh, fantastic. We'll see what we can do for you in the two-week break. But until then, let's finish off in the normal way by saying have one of us. And up the blues.
2: Up the blues.